The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Everybody, welcome to the Pick Six Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Joined today on this Wednesday by Brady Quinn, Lazy Deucible. It's a Wed Tuesdays with Brady Quinn, according to <laughs> hold on, hold on, John Pierre Garcia. Try it again, Brinson. Try it again. Try it again. I'm getting this from the Wed Tuesdays. I don't know. This is what I'm getting from the chat. I like it. They love the idea. Um, Brady. Oh, well, just, <laughs> oh, just dab. Throwback. Oh, Goodness. <laughs> You got to bring it back. Bring it back around. That's, bring how, it back you know. around time. That's how you know you're a middle-aged dad when you're yeah. dabbing yeah. In, in 2023. Yeah. Because you know what? I know that because I also dab. My son, Robbie, dabs. Uh, Brady, I want to congratulate you. Uh, time person of the year. That is so awesome that you won that award. I'm very I'm very hyped for you. I don't know what that means. I'm just kidding. Taylor Swift won it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know that that the luster of Taylor Swift has worn off on Travis Kelsey. I'm not sure if that's going to end up, you know, with them splitting and going their separate ways. But it didn't look quite as good last week as she was in attendance there at Lambeau Field. It's tough. The curse th- is over. Does it feel like it? I mean, like I'm, I'm not even being sarcastic. Like I know, like the Jessica Simpson Tony Romo thing was a big deal back in the day. Uh, like uh, we had the Olivia Munn with Aaron Rodgers. Does it? F- feel though like 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 seriously that travis kelsey's pressing a little bit sometimes like when he's out he, he just looks he doesn't look the same out there on the field he looks he's he's been a little off a little frustrated i don't know well i i, I think part of it is he was banged up to start the year too right yeah. i don't think he's 100 percent healthy and brady you know this and this is not a jab at kelsey at all he's gonna be a first ballot hall of famer but yeah. we know eventually father time is undefeated right so when you get banged up in the year you don't you don't recover as fast as you get older in the league. And I think part of that is a little bit of that. I think he is pressing a little bit just because they've struggled on offense to, to find their true identity. And, I, and I've stated this a few weeks ago where we know a few years ago, it was the Tyreek Hill show. And, you know, when Mahomes got in trouble, he could find and rely on Kelsey. 
And now it's just like it's Kelsey or Bus. And honestly, I think they should lean on that offensive line and run the ball more because Pacheco ran the ball really well versus the, pa- uh, the Packers the other day. And if you look at the Super Bowl versus the Eagles, they came out and played bully ball and had a lot of success doing that. So I think until those receivers can come along, right, develop more, I think they need to lean on that run game. And I think part of the issue is Kelsey's not 100% healthy, right? There's parts where he's dropping passes because I think he's reeling and trying to force the issue. But also, I think the Chiefs fundamentally don't know who they are on offense yet. Yeah, I think they've had a hard time, you know, taking some of the pressure off Kelsey. You know, when he's yeah. not the one making plays, they don't have anyone consistently doing it and drops have been an issue. And, uh, you know, there's another, other things you could probably point to, like protection. I mean, this was an offensive line they invested heavily into. And so far, they haven't played that well. Uh, and so I, I think that's frustrated Patrick Mahomes. It's frustrated Kelsey. And, um, look, you're getting a lot more attention now. You know, you, you, you're hearing from all sorts of people who were not even, you know, didn't even know who you were, uh, that are, are Swifties and everything else involved. <laughs> yeah. So um, the magnifying glass is, is you know, going to magnify any little thing that's off or it goes wrong. And, you know, as, as human beings, man, it's, it's hard to, you know, continually take on that stress. It wears on you after a while. And so I think all those things are kind of accumulated to where we're at now, where they're a Chiefs team that's still very capable of winning the AFC and going to a Super Bowl. But I think now more than ever, maybe it looks vulnerable. Like this is like the first time where I've kind of looked at the AFC and said, maybe we're not going to see the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. You know, Mm. maybe it's going to be Baltimore. Maybe it's Miami. Maybe it's someone else. And we've got enough games to kind of like figure it all out. Um, And this week it really starts with the two teams that play between Kansas City and, and Buffalo. Like, if Buffalo loses this one, I don't think they're still in it, right? Like, when you say, they, I don't think they make it. I, I don't think they can at that point. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a it's a kind of winner go home in a way for them and for Kansas City. Maybe you'd say that about the number one overall seed, uh, sure. given you got comp with Jacksonville and Miami and Baltimore as well. So it's it's been an awesome season so far. I, I know some people probably don't feel that way because of the injuries to quarterbacks, but um, I think as far as parity goes, man, it's yeah, toss up right now, right? Yeah, and it felt like early in the season that it was, you know, you had these teams that were surging out to, like, great records, Kansas City and Philadelphia. It's like, oh, wow, it's going to be a repeat of the Super Bowl. This seems fairly obvious. And now, because this is how the, the, you know, Father Times undefeated, so is NFL parody. Like, everything condenses around the middle. And as you mentioned, Brady, great segue. We are going to talk about some injured quarterbacks today. They've been dropping like flies. Trevor Lawrence, the latest Victim on Monday Night Football. We will get into him and because the Jaguars are in contention for the number one seed as well. We'll also talk about a college football playoff, NFL style, and uh, and we'll preview a thrilling Thursday night football game between the Patriots and the Steelers with a total of 30 points on the board. Let's get into Trevor Lawrence. Hey, hey, Will, is that is that currently the lowest total for a game? I think I read somewhere that it's it's creeping on being the low lowest total in an NFL game. It's basically Army Navy. It's basically Iowa like Iowa Army playing. It's Literally, it it's Army Navy. They play this weekend. Like that yeah. line like what twenty eight or yeah. is? Have you guys Man. ever been to the Army Navy game? I've never been. I want to go. No, it's I heard it's amazing though. Yeah. So a pipe dream or a bucket list? Uh. Maybe I won't be able to ever go. I don't know. No, no, I think for you, for, yeah, yeah. For like for like someone in like a foreign country, maybe it's a pipe dream. For you, eh, bucket list. Doable. I hey, think it's doable. Maybe. Your work with your charitable work with veterans, we can probably get you over there and your connections with CBS. So let's make that happen. For, hashtag free Brady. Hashtag 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 enlist Brady. <laughs> 
<laughs> Trevor Lawrence got hurt on Monday night. Hi. I don't couldn't tell. Doug Peterson was weird about the phrasing. He said it was either like right high ankle sprain or high right ankle sprain, which I think means a, a high ankle sprain on his right ankle. But it was, it was just a weird way to phrase it. He's not going to have surgery. He's trying to, quote, aggressively rehab to get back this week. Man. How soon can he play Brady and how soon should he play? Uh, so being that he's a right-handed quarterback and it's his right ankle, that's tough. That's really the leg that you're going to push off of and really transfer all your weight in that back foot to the front foot, all that torque, all that power. So that makes it a little bit more difficult in regards to his throwing motions and feeling comfortable when he does come back. It's so funny we're talking about this today. I literally was on a walk earlier, uh, ran into a former NFL player who's had this procedure. He actually had the tightrope procedure that you typically would have. It randomly came up in conversation because I don't know anything about it. And once he said he had had it, I kind of asked him, I said, all right, well, why'd you do it? Uh, and, and we talked about some of the benefits. And, and the benefits really are when you think about that ligament, what they're trying to do is once it gets sprained, it starts spreading out. You know, you, you, uh, was it fibula and tibia? Um, mm-hmm. and, and what it does is it just really locks it in. And so it doesn't allow that ligament to kind of stretch or bend and, and where it's painful. And so for some players, they have it immediately because they want to get right back in there and play. And especially if you're a running back, someone who is a wide receiver DB who cuts a lot, it makes a ton of sense. For a quarterback, you might say, ah, well, they don't run that much, even though Trevor Lawrence kind of does. Yeah. So it was interesting to hear his opinion saying, like, yeah, maybe he needs it, maybe he doesn't. Maybe probably depends on which leg it's on. Like, in this case, because it's his right, maybe you would want to do it. But some guys are really resistant to having surgery. And, Leger, you can speak to this. Like, no yeah. player wants to have that on their their rap sheet, right, that they went under the knife, they had this done, Correct. all that. It's, it's, even though this is almost like the Tommy John, where, like, guys come back better, stronger, they feel more stable from that. Um, in some cases, like people just don't want to have to have it done. So I, I don't know. It's going to be tough to see how fast and aggressive he can be with his rehab to be able to come back, given which one it is. And it's a high ankle. I would say it's going to be at least a couple of weeks. Um, and even if he does come back out in that amount of time, he's not going to look anywhere close uh, to being 100%. He didn't yeah. practice Wednesday, by the way, dudes, just for yeah. – I mean, you wouldn't think he would. A short nah. week already. They played on Monday night. That injury looked gruesome, right? Uh, I mean, I think he's probably blessed to only have the high ankle because it looks like it could have been knee, PCL, the way he got bent back. Could have been a number of things. But to Brady's point, right, we as players, the last thing we want to do is go under the knife. Like, I myself had a situation. Matter of fact, when I was with Jacksonville for two years, I staved off surgery on my ankle because I didn't want to get cut on. I had ligament damage, right? And now mm. I'm dealing with some issues going forward right um but anything anytime you're a player especially as young as trevor lawrence is right you you want to bank on the rehab being able to bring you back you don't want to go under the knife because there's a connotation once you have surgery right and you don't know what could potentially happen in that surgery um there's risk for infection going forward too after a surgery that happens a lot where guys have to get multiple surgeries because they have infection so that's something that trevor lawrence was probably thinking about and if I'm him, Brady, I'm probably not playing the next two weeks, right? If you look at who they play, right, two of the top defenses in football, I'm not mm. saying as a competitor you don't want to play, but you want to be smart too, right? Like you're playing the Baltimore Ravens, you're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, you're still essentially fighting for that number one seed, but Brady, you can speak to this too. A high ankle sprain, they say sometimes it's better to just break your ankle than have a high ankle sprain because it lingers, right? This is a thing that could really affect him going forward. We saw – Patrick Mahomes had to deal with something similar to this last year in the playoffs. Now, he was able to gut it out and look a lot better in the Super Bowl than he did in the other playoff games.
but this is a situation where you don't want it to make it make it worse before it gets better because it's a thing that lingers. So if I'm Trevor Lawrence earlier this year, he played on a short week on a Thursday, which I didn't think he could. And he ended up being, I think, their leading rusher that game. So yeah. what do I know? Uh, this kid is tough, obviously. I just think if you're Jacksonville, this is the face of your franchise going forward. You got to be cognizant of that. You need to be smart and realizing sometimes you got to protect the player from himself. And with a high ankle sprain, this can linger. This is the last thing you want, especially going into the playoffs. Hey, hey Brady, Brady, what what would be – I'm curious what you think, like, like especially as like a, you know, in the – and I don't know if you dealt with this in the moment, like as a player, but you're looking at the schedule and you have, as Deuce points out, it's like you have the Ravens and the Browns. And then you have a pretty friendly schedule after that. It's like the Buccaneers and the Panthers and the Titans. Do you do you weigh that? Because I mean, like we obviously from the outside weigh. We were like, well, I mean, you sit these games out, you could lose these anyway. And the, as a player, you're not thinking that, though, right? No, you. I mean, and, and Leger again, you can speak this too. Like as a player, you're just honestly focused on, especially when you have an injury, the day that's in front of you. Like that's Correct. the only thing you care about. You're going to do everything you can to rehab, to try to improve upon how you feel, the way you're eating, the way you're sleeping, the way you're like the way you're resting. Like everything you're doing is geared towards getting back to be 100%. Like that is your sole and only focus. And so you don't look at the schedule. Um, if Unless he's like for sure ruled out this week, you're sitting in game plans, taking as many mental reps as you can, knowing that you're basically going to get tested before the game, two hours before, and they're going to determine whether or not you can play and that's the only reps you're going to get are those mental reps. So everything is geared now towards trying to say, like, what do I need to do to try to get myself back 100%? And that's the interesting thing about this is, you know, not electing to do the tightrope surgery. And not I'm not trying to be an advocate for it. I've never had it in any way. But it is documented. You can come back faster because it creates more stability in that joint outside of having to go through the pain of having a surgery. So it's it's kind of interesting that maybe he's choosing not to go that route. <clears throat> it could be the medical preference. It could be his preference. You don't necessarily know. Um, but there's varying opinions on, you know, why you should, when you should, uh, with this particular injury and in, in this particular surgery. But yeah, honestly, like you're only focused on Cleveland. Like that's really the only thing you're focusing on. And you're hoping and praying to God that, you know, if you can't make it through Cleveland, you'll be back for Baltimore. And that's that's mm-hmm. all you really do at that point in time. Is this- I was I was asked you a very esoteric question that was wildly unnecessary. Um, does God care about your ankle? I don't know. Uh- <laughs> well, before we move on, Brady was was this the surgery that Tua had before? Correct. Yeah. And, and this is the one that Kenny before. Pickett got too. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, I was gonna say that's it's really interesting the juxtaposition. Kenny Pickett did have as as, as uh, producer Jerry points out in the chat did have tightrope surgery this week. But I feel like Kenny Pickett, there, the it's got to be related to the the level of ankle sprain, right? Because Kenny Pickett, they said they hope to have him back by week eighteen. Whereas Trevor Lawrence is like talking about like coming back in week fourteen, and you would think at least like week sixteen would be maybe the latest based on what the Jaguars have said. Yeah, but we don't know the specifics to the injuries for either, and sure, so right. all we're doing is wildly speculating. I just know the timetable is expedited if you get the tightrope. Now there's going to be a period of time of discomfort from the surgery itself as the you know the medical device obviously sets itself in but for the most part man like i i saw like some college players earlier this year who got it done they were out there in that that second week you know not even two weeks fully after on the field and warm-ups playing in games with him so it's it's an it's one of those surgeries like i kind of likened it to a tommy john where a lot of players don't look at it as negative they're kind of like all right great now i don't have to deal with the you know this issue down the line of instability getting the player i talked to today 
he got it after he was done playing. And he sure. got it only because it was still bothering him at that point. So some players feel like it's almost preventative in, in some way and strengthening those those ligaments to be able to not have this issue in the future, whether playing or not playing. Were you like were you like walking around the Heisman house or something? Like what was the no. just like running into NFL players in the street, Heisman walking around the neighborhood? <laughs> no. Just just on a walk. My my wife and I try to go on a walk from time to time. Uh we feel like that's a healthy thing to do or we can talk I'm about not, I'm not questioning your walk. I'm like you're no, like, I'm just hey, saying hey. and randomly we, we I ran hey, into we go, we go a to, picture for you. We go yeah. no, we go to the same church. And so he happened to drive by and we've been meaning to catch up and talk and we hadn't had a ch- uh, I hadn't had a chance because I've been traveling so much. So uh, I had a chance to obviously finally catch up and talk a little bit. Shout out to the Catholic Church. Love the Catholic Church. Uh, hey, my son's a Catholic. I mean, I might as well be a Catholic. I'm tied to my, my son's a Catholic. I, I, I thought I heard. I thought I misheard that too. <laughs> no, I'm not a Catholic. <laughs> he's, he, he's a Catholic. <laughs> I mean, I'm tithing like I'm a Catholic here, pal. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, moving along. Love the Catholics. Uh, other quarterback injuries. So, well, actually, yeah, look at this thing. <laughs> it's I mean, a long list. Good Lord. Man, like, there's five guys on here listed as out for the season. Aaron Rodgers might as well be out for the season. He's basically yeah. said he's not going to come back with an Achilles injury. Kenny Pickett, if the Steelers lose a couple, is going to be out for the season because they may just be out of the playoff race. They are still at a 7, 52% chance to make the playoffs and dropping, and they're not going to have Pickett for a couple of weeks. Um, Trevor Lawrence going to return and I guess Derek Carr, he also has a shoulder injury. We'll get to Derek Carr and his brother in a second, but, um, (laughs) that's a lot of, that's a lot of quarterback injuries. I think this really might be the most defining characteristic of this NFL season. Is that, is that a fair way to put it? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Uh, and Brady, you, you can attest to this, right? They're certain rules put into play to make sure that the quarterbacks don't get hurt. Right. And I I think it's ironic that in a year where everything is called so closely when it comes to hitting the quarterback and what you can do to the quarterback, this has been one of the most injury plagued years for quarterbacks, right? Like it lets you know that in the game of football, and again, Brady can speak to this, like you can put all the rules you want to, but at any fluke moment, somebody can go down and get hurt. It's a physical game. This is what happened. So, I mean, the Joe Burrow thing, he kind of landed on his elbow. He's out for the year. Like, four plays into the season, Aaron Rodgers getting tackled, plants his his toe, and then his Achilles goes out, right? So, Kirk Cousins, you know, same thing. It's it's just like you can, you can implement all these rules where, you know, a lot of players, players that play the game, are frustrated by the rules because it seems like you can't even touch quarterbacks. You can't touch anybody on offense. But then you look at that list, Will – you see nine guys on there, and we're in week, what, 14 this week. How many games are both backups playing and starting this week, right? So it's just like, again, at some point, it's just a violent physical game, and you can't take away from the product by trying to micromanage injuries because it's a part of the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the rules are the rules, and um, they're trying to make the game safer, but it seems like, Everything, even though it's driven with the idea of safety involved, it's really about money. Let's be real. These teams invest heavily into these quarterbacks. And when these quarterbacks aren't there, clearly not only do the ratings take a hit, but everything else takes a hit, right? So sure. so that's what the truth of the matter is with all this. I would say what I guess frustrates me the most, um, it's a lot of things about quarterback play. And guys, we've talked about this for a long period of time. 
with how quarterbacks are taught the game now, where the games evolved to, in particular with quarterback play, not huddling, these guys looking at the sidelines for answers instead of looking at the defense and making that decision out there in the field like they should and have to do at the NFL level oftentimes, um, you know, not playing with a sense of timing and rhythm. Uh, there's so many things. They changed the rule where they brought back the third quarterback designation, though, and not many teams have, have bought into that quite as much. And I'm, I'm yeah. kind of hoping that maybe there's an awakening towards the need to have a viable backup, like a guy that you might pay more than you want to because you want to be able to have him come into a game and help get you out of a game or through a stretch of games, Correct. especially as the game's gotten more spread out and as more quarterbacks have become more dual threat in nature. To Leger's point, like there's just going to be more injuries. And yeah. I feel like teams – I mean, look, it's a fine line too. Like it's not so much about spending, even though we, I know a lot of owners are cheap. It's also a, a byproduct of how that room is handled. Meaning like everyone kind of has their, their, their pecking order. Like this is your job. You're the starter. You're the backup. You're the third. Like this is your responsibility. If you really have a room full of competitive guys, no one wants to sit there and be a backup or a third yeah. string guy who gets no reps, right? Like that's, it's a tough situation to be when all these guys have been a starter or have been the guy their entire life up until they get to the NFL. Otherwise, they wouldn't even have to have the opportunity. So, it, like, I look at it and I think it's it's tough because we're seeing now for the last couple of years. I mean, last year we had a lot of backup quarterbacks have to start games. We're seeing it this year. It's a byproduct of a, a myriad of factors. Like, you're not preparing the guys who are starters in the first place mm -hmm. to throw with timing, rhythm, get the ball out. The backups obviously aren't prepared to protect themselves. Correct. And then you're not putting in guys who are able to go out there and play the game at times the way they need to, who are backups in those instances. I mean, guys are running around more and more. So I just, there's a bunch of things that lead to this. Um, I personally, you know, I love the fact that these backups get an opportunity. Like I, I actually, it doesn't make the game any different for me. Uh, I do hate the way, for example, the Jets handled the whole Zach Wilson situation, but that, that's a whole other story we can talk another about story. at a later point. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Good. Well, well, before yeah. we go yeah, on, I just I just wanted to get Brady's perspective on this because you said a lot of stuff that I want to dive into. Like, one, I cannot wait for the offseason and free agency just to see if there is a, a urgency for teams to potentially have a guy like Minshew or Jacoby Brissett, and like you said, pay them upwards of eight million dollars because I think it. We're at a point in the NFL where you almost have to expect your backup is going to play three or four games. Right. Yeah. It sucks to say that, but I think we're at that point now. And then I think there's something to be said. And Brady, this is what I wanted to ask you as a quarterback, being in a system constantly for more than one year, right? Even as a backup, what that does for you. Look at Jake Browning and what he did the other day. He's been in that system three years. So I wonder will there be an urgency of teams, right? And you can speak to speak to this from a quarterback's perspective, where like our backup guy, we're gonna treat him like a development guy. We're gonna keep him three years in the system just because if our guy goes down, we don't want some guy that's only been here for six months going out there and trying to run the offense. So I would just love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, probably not unless he's played a lot in the NFL, right? And he's got experience that way. Maybe not in that system, but you bring him in, you get him up to speed, he's a little more apt to. You know, Jake has kind of been indoctrinated in the NFL through the Bengals and then gets his first reps, you know, really serious reps like this with the Bengals. So um, that I think kind of plays a role in, in that right. way of, of his success. But no, I'm with you. Like there's no more development in the offseason. The offseason has been shortened mess because of the NFLPA. <laughs> so, you know, these guys have to get development elsewhere. And that's just being on that team, being in one system for a period of time. And it's why I, I look at what happened with Bryce Young this year. First overall pick, he goes in to be the guy. 
And now you already have to deal with a new offense next year and a new coach, new system, things he's been asked to do. It's hard to get really, really, really good at something when you're constantly changing everything out around him. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be, to your point, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like, I look at like insurance policies, right? If you're in a hurricane area, and Will, you can probably speak to this, right? And Leger, I know you can't too. Like, your insurance goes up. Like, <laughs> you might not get hit by a hurricane, but that wind, that flood, like everything else you're paying for, you're, everything's going to go up because someone else did get hit by it and you're actually helping to kind of fund that with your premiums. And so that's the nature of the business. And I, I look at backup quarterbacks as insurance policies. So the more starters get injured, guess what? The price tag just went up for backups because you need one who can come in and win some games, playing 17 games or especially going to 18 games in the future. Speaking of backups, Marcus Mariota is the backup in Philadelphia. And Derek, or David Carr, excuse me, brother, older brother, uh, Derek Carr, former first number one overall pick, former wearer of, of, of dainty white mittens while quarterbacking for the Carolina Panthers many, many, many years ago. Um, I know this because I used to call him Mr. Mittens. I'd explain why the Carr family doesn't like me. Um, he got on NFL Total Access on Tuesday night and uh, in an apparent attempt to win some kind of award for the worst take of the year, which is tough to do late in December. Like you're, you're, you're middle of December. You're trying to steal this award. There's a lot of bad, there's 12 months of bad takes out there. And David Carr said, clearly talk about Jalen hurts and said that he should be benched for Marcus Mariota. Clearly Jalen isn't comfortable reading through a defense in a drop back pass scenario. Some would say he's not even good at it. And I think that when you look at this team, you have to have a serious conversation. If you're Philly, you have to really say, is it better for us to play Marcus Mariota right now and let Jalen get fully healthy. Now, there's a lot of components there, and I, I don't think yes, producer Harry and I were talking. I don't think that I didn't get the sense when I was watching the clip that he was attempting to say that Jalen Hurts can't read defenses. Uh, I got the sense that he was saying, and maybe maybe you did, dudes. I don't know if you guys watched. Well, the no, clip, I'm but just saying it's 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 not what he meant to say. It's what he actually said that right. had me like a little, you know, um, shocked. Right, and to your point, I think maybe he was saying until Jalen's 100 percent healthy, maybe it's better for Marcus to run the offense. My thing is just say that, right? Don't. Don't get right. cute with your words because all they're going to do is print out Jaden Hurt. Jalen Hurts is having issues reading defenses, which is the furthest thing from the truth. Now, you can tell 100% he's not healthy because he's not running the ball as much as he did last year, and that's part of what makes this offense so dangerous, right, when he's able to use his legs, when he's carrying the ball seven or eight times a game. Because, Brady, you can speak to this. That's added one that the defense has to account for on defense, right? So as far as him not reading coverages, that's – that was nonsense to me. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. That was nonsense. But if to the point that he was making as far as him being healthy right now, you got to look at it. Like, I don't know if you guys remember watching the Bills game and it was in overtime. Brandon Graham, loud, boisterous. He said, while the Bills were kicking the field goal, you don't know Jalen Hurts like I know Jalen Hurts, right? We're going to win this game. And that's the X factor Jalen Hurts has, whether he's healthy or not, right? And I don't know if Marcus Mariota has that. So, Yes, I get what you're saying. He may not be healthy enough, but let's not forget it, guys. They still have the number one record in football right now. So to me, that point makes absolutely no sense. It'd be one thing, Brady, if they lost three or four games in a row and you're saying, well, maybe we just need to get Jalen healthy so we can make a run in the playoffs. But they're still the number one seed in the NFC. So what are we talking about? And if you bench if you if you bench him now, you run the risk of losing the number one seed and losing or not bench him. You sit him, and then you then you lose the opportunity to sit him and give him a week of rest right before the playoff game. Correct. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't uh, agree in any 
way, shape, or form uh, with, with, with David Carr's assessment in regards to Jalen Hurts' ability to read a defense. Um, I think it's the furthest thing from the truth. Now, have they struggled at times to to run him and do the things some – you know, as far as what they want to do, maybe potentially because of his health. I mean, it, I think you could see him when he's out there. He doesn't look like his his he's one hundred percent healthy, and you've seen many examples of that. I just I don't know how Marcus Mariota gives you a better chance of of winning in this instance, um, unless you're just flat out saying we we want to give up the number one overall seed in the right. NFC, and we want to make sure that like we're that team that's ready when Jalen Hurts is one hundred percent healthy, and you give him that time to do that. I just I think it's a tough sell to the rest of your team. Very and I think it's a tough sell to Jalen for that matter. Like, dude, that guy is incredibly tough. Like, he was the, the guy who was going nails, dude. Yeah, and, and he was going in after games and squatting 600 pounds and stuff when he was in college. I mean, I just – I don't think you're convincing him of that. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think that, you know, again, that's that was just the, the message that you want your leader to say anyway. And I think he's like the utmost example of what it means to be a leader at the quarterback position in the NFL. So okay. – that that's one where like I don't think it's really worth wasting our time on, honestly, even talking about because it's just so odd. Like that, I I took that as like out of left field, like whoa, like that. It was out of left field. It was out of left field. It was totally weird. But this podcast has a long and storied history of making sure to drag the car family when we can, and I will keep doing that for as long <laughs> as we can. Real personal to you. I just kidding. Wow. It's a joke. No, I actually kid. tweeted when it happened. I, I was like, this must be AI. Right, this, this right. Yeah. He said this. This got to be AI. Like, right. Well, and, and here's here's the other thing too about it is we actually have a situation from last year when Jalen Hurts was so injured that yeah. they sat him for two games. Correct. Played Gardner Minshew, lost those two games, and really had to force Jalen Hurts back on the field for Week 18 in order to secure the number, the one, number one seed. seed. Yep. And and I mean, if you're gonna come with a hot take, let it be this: bench Jalen Hurts. Tank for the five seed, so you get to play the NFC South champion in in, in the first round. Like, go with that. Don't go with mm. Marcus Mariota can save this two loss ten and two season. Like, it's just, it's just a bunch of nonsense. To the Jets, okay. Because uh, we can't not talk about the Jets. Um, I just, Eric, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I I just I don't know. I mean, I've tried to warn the Jets fans. For what two years? Ah, Brady couldn't wait for this conversation. I, I just no, I I feel bad in saying this. Like I, I tried to. It, it has nothing to do with Zach Wilson because I've actually been complimentary of him this year and saying that he has gotten better. Yeah, he gave them their best chance. I have no idea what Robert Sala was thinking going to Tim Boyle. Like oh, he's a different skill set. Whatever. Man, he never had success, not even in college. He doesn't <laughs> have a season with more. He doesn't have a season in his career. In college of the pros with more touchdowns and interceptions. That's crazy. He threw a he threw a, a, a Hail Mary pick six. Yeah, that's I never see that. Um, but Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, he ain't coming back at this point. It would be crazy for him to come back. Uh, it, behind that offensive line with their record, they need they needed to really go two and one or, or three and oh before their final three games to justifiably bring him back. The Hail Mary, that's right. Uh, Harry says in the chat. Um what we, what did you guys make of Zach Wilson's Reported reluctance. Oh, what? Oh, let's go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would say this, like, given how Robert Saul and the New York Jets have handled this, it's crazy to me, like, we're, we keep talking about Zach Wilson and whether he was or wasn't reluctant to want to go back and play. Let's just take a step back. Like, at some point, you have to look at the position that they've put Zach Wilson in. 
Thank you. <laughs> he, as I, and I said this before the season, it's not a knock on him, but they should have poured ways before the year. They should have poured ways before the year. He needs a fresh start. They need to bring in someone else as, as a backup for Aaron Rodgers because he's the future. He's right now and he's the future. You know, if and when he's healthy. And it just it never made sense to keep him on the roster. And then you do this to him this year. It just it has been one of the more baffling ways of handling a quarterback that at one point you thought so much of you took number two overall. And then now in malt in back-to-back seasons, you've benched him and jerked him around back and forth. What do you think was gonna happen? I mean, how many other how many other players who've been drafted to that spot and all that get jerked in and out like that? You really don't see that very often. Yeah. Usually they get the benefit of the doubt. Until the very, very end, until they're like, all right, we feel like we made a mistake. We're going to go move on, go our separate ways. Correct. So the fact uh, that we're here now, like, it's crazy to me that that gets lost in all of this. Like, we're trying to pin this on either the comments of what Aaron Rodgers said or the reluctance of Zach Wilson. Who's holding, like, everyone involved in the decision and all of this accountable? Whether it's Robert Sala or someone above him or ownership and Woody Johnson, like, who's holding them accountable? The Giants have quarterback issues, too. You know what the difference is? It's not a circus right now with their situation of a backup playing, is it? Like, no. It's such a stark contrast between two organizations, both representing New York. And it's like the Giants have seemed to figure it out, but the Jets, it's a circus. All right, easy, Brady. You don't have to kill my guys like that. Good yeah, Lord. I mean, <laughs> but no, no, just, just, just tell me I'm wrong. Back, I, know, I know you guys both follow me on Twitter and Jet Nation, half of Jet Nation, half of Jet Nation was rational. But when the reports, because I'm going to put quotation marks out there, reports came out that he was reluctant to, to, to take the starting reins, I actually tweeted and said, I don't blame him, right? Like, like reluctancy and just refusing to do something is two totally different things. So let me go ahead and put that out there before people take this and run with it and say, you know, dude said, I, you know, Zach Wilson, I don't blame him for not wanting to start. No, I said, report said he was reluctant to start, right? First and foremost, they need to find out who the rat is in that locker room because if Zach was having those personal conversations with teammates, yeah. that's disgusting. That's a bigger issue right there. We always say, Brady, you can speak to this, certain things have to stay in the locker room, right? Certain things should not be getting out to personnel and to re reporters and everything else. Second of all, I'm with you 100%, Brady. Like, even Robert Sala came out for the longest and said, Zach Wilson gives us the best chance. And all these media pundits in New York and everybody else around – well, Tim Boyle maybe can give him a spark. I'm like, have you not seen Tim Boyle play? Robert Sala purposely, because of the guy he is, did not want to throw Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon under the bus because he knew they weren't any good. Right? He didn't want to throw them under the bus. So that's why week in and week out, he kept saying, Zach right now gives us the best opportunity to win games. And once we found out, or once everybody else found out, they were like, oh, that's what he meant. I mean, the dude's only in practice with the other guys every day of the week. You don't think there's somebody else on the roster currently that was better? He wouldn't put them in the game, right? So, like, you look at Zach Wilson for the last two years, been benched, brought back up to start, benched, back, brought up. You know what that does mentally? Not only for a football player, but more specifically, Brady, a quarterback in New York? Like, you have to wonder where Zach Wilson's men mental is right now. And I'm with you, Brady. I stated it either on this podcast, whether we were on Spotlight or HQ. I said, when they traded for Rodgers, Zach Wilson should have been part of the trade package, right? Just so he can get a fresh start because I don't think people understand what it's like to be a quarterback in the, in the city of New York, right? Everything is magnified, right? You can't do anything right. And if you do anything right, right, they're just waiting for you to fail so they can talk about it, right? So you have to be a different person 
when you're the quarterback of one of those two New York teams, right? We've seen Daniel Jones go through it. We've seen Zach Wilson. Uh, we saw Sam Darnold go through it. Eli right? Manning went through it. Exactly. Like it's 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 a different animal when you're a player in the city of New York. So, like when I said I don't blame him for being reluctant. I mean, look at what they've put this kid through the last couple of weeks. And to your point, Brady, like people kept looking at him as the number two guy. He wasn't supposed to see the field. He was a backup quarterback this year. For you to say he hasn't progressed means you don't watch film. He's clearly gotten better this year. But you got to stop for a second and, and, and think that he's not the number two pick anymore. He's the backup to Aaron Rodgers. He's a backup quarterback. So you're expecting backup type play. He was supposed to sit and watch Rodgers for two years and then possibly take over the reins. But at this point, there's no way that's happening. All right. Good talk on Zach Wilson. And look, you know, he's also probably doesn't want to get hurt because he wants to be traded or get released and go well, somewhere else. I, I will season. say this. The, the offensive line has gotten healthier the last two weeks. I would say Tim Boyle had a lot of time in the pocket last week versus the Atlanta Falcons. So this will probably be the best O-line he's played behind this whole year. It's mill funding season in New York anyway. All right, let's take a break. and we come oh back, <laughs> the college football playoff committee led by esteemed NC State Athletic Director Boo Corrigan <laughs> really jammed the ACC. What would the NFL look like if we had a college, if we had a playoff committee? We'll tell you next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. College football seasons are a long, football seasons in general, long, winding road. You can find yourself in a lightning storm, dominating, you know, a team in Raleigh, and then yada, 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 you get to the end of the season, you're both in the same place with the same record, right mm. near each other in the college football playoff rankings. That's not what we're here to talk about, Notre Dame and NC State, of course. What we're here to talk about, that's how that this jersey got back there. Um, it says Brinson sucks, signed by Brady Quinn. <laughs> just, just just lovely it's like my favorite piece of sports memorabilia instead we're here to talk about the number four and the number five spots in the college football playoff rankings i am curious i know this is a nfl show but you know you guys are play college football obviously i love college football um i was kind of i'm kind of appalled by the idea that florida state an undefeated power five conference champion ran the table did everything you could probably possibly ask for loses their quarterback, and still is not given a chance to compete for a national championship. Um, I'm curious what, what y'all thought about the decision to put Alabama in and leave Florida State out. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk. Go ahead. I'm going to say, Bray, we both talked about this at nauseum, but I'll let you go and I'll go after you. <laughs> I, I would just quickly say from the onset, all right, this system was never set up to be fair to Correct. all five Power <laughs> Five conferences. You only have four teams. So it starts there. And we then – all of a sudden, every year, want to make a case 
where there's going to be a fan base that, that's upset. And this year, it happens to be Florida State because it's unprecedented. We've never seen an undefeated Power Five make it in. And, and, and I've said this before, like, I feel bad for those players. I feel bad for Jordan Travis because he unfortunately now, like, feels like he it's his fault somehow because of when he got injured, yeah. um, which is crazy to think about. Like, I wish I'd broken my leg earlier. That's a crazy statement. That's sad. Well, and, 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 and it's sad. Lost, like, four games. Well, I was just going to say, it's sad. It's not true because if he did, they would have lost more games this year. Like, let's, let's be real about it. Um, and, that, and that's the unfortunate part for the committee is this is a group of 13 people that's trying to do their best, and they're handed this, this decision to make where you either leave out Bama who you know may very well go on and win it. They have the second best odds right. of anyone who's who's left in it right now. Or you leave out the team that was number one all year long. That's won back to back national championships, straight. and yet they, like they were the best team just a week ago, and now they're not. Now they're not even playing for it. Or you leave out you know th- you know thirteen and zero Florida State. So you had a lot of choices as to what you were going to do, and no matter what you did, it was all it was all unprecedented. So there were of course going to be ticked off fan bases about it when it was all said and done. So you feel for the players. I just feel like the grandstanding for Danny Cannell and like other people oh that it's like, dude, like, and I, and I put this out. He thinks because a bull coalition picked them to go to play in a national championship versus Nebraska and they won one, doesn't get over the fact that they, they left over West Virginia. They went by another that, that beat them. And yet, <laughs> to him, because you can have multiple people claim national championships that it doesn't matter. It was a different time. No, dude. Learn history. It's always been this way in it's college. It's always football. been this way. It's always been in that. <laughs> so that's the general point. All right. Everyone feels bad for you. Go ahead and cry in your umbrella in New York. But the reality is, this is this is where college football's at. We've always had an unperfect system. There's always people left out and upset. And, and that's the thing that stinks is this year happens to be Florida State, a team that you could make the case they're very deserving of being in. Yeah, I thought it was baffling that he tried to say that the 93 uh, championship wasn't essentially the same thing when West Virginia, who was undefeated, got left out and he won a ring. And then, then he doubled down and saying, you know, if they hadn't got boat raced that they, they could have claimed the national championship. Well, last time I checked Notre Notre Dame beat Florida state and they won the cotton bowl. Yeah, exactly. Should they claim part of the championship and put perfect example. People make fun of UCF for claiming it in 2017. Like where was the outrage when they went undefeated two years in a row, right? Like UCF walked. So Cincinnati could run to the, to the final four, but getting, getting to the point, right? I thought the committee got it right. Right. Because it even says in the bylaw bylaws, it's not the most deserving, right? It's the four best teams. And what I really love how everybody was arguing, saying how Alabama, you know, barely beat a Auburn team. It took fourth and 31 to beat them in a rival game, right? Let's not forget that. People tend to forget that New Mexico State went to the conference championship game. Like, they weren't a terrible team. Now, again, they boat raced Auburn, but this was a good team. And another thing that really pisses me off, Brady, is that people tend to forget did Graham Mertz play in that rival game versus Florida State? Oh, but but why is nobody bringing that up? They know that Florida didn't isn't bowl eligible, right? So you barely beat a team with its backup quarterback, with your backup, that isn't even bowl eligible. But yet you have the audacity to talk about Alabama on the road, barely beating an Auburn team that is bowl eligible just because they lost to a team that went to a conference championship game. Like, make it make sense to me. You can put whatever narrative you want to fit, but I honestly believe the committee did get it right. Now, I'm gutted for Florida State, right, Brady? Because us as players, we're always taught, you know, if you go out there and win every game, you have an opportunity to play for a championship game. But that's actually not true, and it's never been true. To your point, even going back 
to when it was the you know the BCS and you know you know there was a committee picking teams. It was never always the best two teams played, right? There's a couple of years where two teams share a national title, so that was never the truth, right? Sometimes it's just you 2017, know, it, for instance. Correct. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, to me, the committee got it right because if you look at the the four teams that are in it, I would say most people that actually follow the game of college football would say those were probably the the four best teams going forward, especially because even though Alabama and Georgia game was close, if you watch the film, it really wasn't close, right? I think Alabama controlled that game for most of the game. And to your point, Brady, for two years straight, that was the number one team in football, 29 straight wins, right? And, And Alabama beat them soundly, even though the score isn't indicative of that. So, uh, and Alabama, like you said, have the second best odds to win this thing. I think the committee got it right. Am I gutted for Florida State? Yes, because as a player, if I was in a locker room, I'd be gutted. But like I said, it happened to UCF two years in a row, 17 and 18. And matter of fact, in the 17 year, the two teams that met in the national champion championship game, Georgia, Alabama, you know who beat both of them? Auburn. You know who they lost to in a bowl game? UCF. So mm. cry me a river. all right let's get to the nfl's version of the college football playoff you guys you guys are like we've talked to ad nauseum about this and now allow me to pull out allow us to pull out our blow torches on danny canelo first (laughs) um but the if you were picking an nfl style we did this for the for the site and it turned into quite the email thread um some, some weird responses on there i think everybody's putting the 49ers in right is that fair 49ers are like michigan number one seed they're, yeah. Michigan. <laughs> They're Michigan. They had a former was... Michigan coach there. They've had some it some trauma so in the past, right? Yeah. Oh, God, the Harbaugh era Ronnie in San Francisco, Gale. by the way, that was just <laughs> what a what an incredible time to be alive as a football fan. Like Harbaugh losing his mind at Jim with Jim Schwartz. Uh, oh, the, oh God, I love the Harbaugh era. Um, who is uh, Washington? Is it the Eagles right now? I think. Yeah, I yeah. see the Eagles like so. a team flying high, if you oh, will. Correct. They would be the number two seed for me. Yeah, it's like nobody's questioning putting the Eagles or the 49ers in. And then I think um, Texas I, is probably the Ravens. I think it's – I got them I got them as the Dolphins. I got it as Dallas because, well, the state of Texas. You picked Dallas to win it, though. And on so. top of it, it's like, is Texas back? It's like, is Dallas back? Oh, oh I like that. that. I like that. You know what I'm saying? You kind of have that narrative that runs with it. Okay, you so there. you got Dallas in easily as a third team. Yeah, but it's again okay. like the whole premise of like is. Oh, you're comparing the teams. You're not. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah I'm trying yeah, to yeah. make the case here. Okay, I like it. That's that's more fun. Yeah, yeah. I I think Baltimore's got to be the fourth team in. Then right? I have Baltimore as my fourth team. No, no, that's you what got you Dolphins guys are wrong. So the Ravens Baltimore. are the Ravens are Florida State. Baltimore's Florida. No, Baltimore. <laughs> no, 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 no. Baltimore is Georgia. Georgia and it makes it in every single time. But they're getting left out, unfortunately, because of just some of the losses. It's Kansas City who makes wow. it as the fourth seed because they're Bama, right? They're always in the AFC Championship game, a couple of Super Bowls. I know, but the reality <laughs> is – That's who I have as my fourth seed. Because yeah, really? here's, here's the thing. You put – like, all right, if you're Michigan, you're Jim Harbaugh, and you give Jim Harbaugh – like you like you dump a bunch of true serum and some whole milk, and you have him chug it, and he, and he drinks it, and you say, hey, Jim – who do, who do you who do you who do you not want to play? He's like Nick Saban, oh, did of hey, course. Perfect example when they were showing Michigan live and they showed the fourth seed. A lot of them were like, "Oh, yeah, they, they know what like, it is. Yeah, yeah, they know like, what you, it is." If you if you read the uh, excerpts from Boo Corrigan too and talking about how they came to that decision, they're like, "Well, you know, we we kind of took on the perspective of a coach. Like, 
Who would you want to play? Who would you, you not, not want, want to play? play? Yes. Exactly. And that, I think, speaks to that. So yeah, in this case, like, yeah. If you're – because, I mean, Florida State is a 14-point underdog to Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Michigan would be a massive favorite. Oh, for Florida um, State, if, it wouldn't even be close. Right. And yeah. if you're Michigan, you're praying that Florida State got in there, even though oh, they've got they a good defense. Praying. You, just, you know you can shut down their offense. Right, exactly. And I think, like, the Chiefs are – by the way, my team that ends up getting left out too, that's Florida State, is Miami. Same yes, mine too. Mine too. Yeah. And then you have this team that, well, you know, they, you know, they kind of, they've been fly, flying high, been high powered offense. Haven't beaten anybody. Welcome to the yeah, ACC. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a very fair comparison to that. So, what, um, what was, what did Clemson end up at in the college football playoff? Uh, they're Probably like 20, 22, 22. 22. That's pretty high. What was NC State? NC State was uh, 18. I think you made the Ooh. case. How, one of the hottest teams in the country to close out the season. I, I want to say, what was your thought process on, um, I don't know why I'm having a brain fart. My guy that decided to go into the transfer portal. and Oh, MJ story, Morris? MJ Morris, like the story well, that so came out. He was, so Brendan Armstrong was playing for the pack, and they benched him for MJ Morris. Who they, were play, they were playing the red shirt. I, know, MJ I, Morris, I think MJ Morris went four, three and one, right? He went three and one after yeah, four games. Pack, and then. Right? For the pack, 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 baby. That's right, pack, tougher. Um, and so MJ Morris then went to the coaching staff and said, and this is because, as I understand it, his dad, his dad, or like uncle, whoever else is advising him, was like, you need to redshirt again to maximize your eligibility. So he went to the coaching staff and he said, so, so sort of like, I mean, Zach, the Zach will, he's like, I don't, he's like, I want to, I, I want to sit out the rest of the season, even though he went three and one, it didn't sit well with, anybody oh so you see he, he, said he basically said i'm not playing he's like i know we're hot right now because he started the duke game we lost that game then we won the next three correct and he said i'm done playing this year because i want to register see, see, this and is what he said kind of on the interview with 247 247 that, yeah yeah that it supposedly like he asked him like you know am i going to be the guy like kind of like kyle mccord wanted some Wanted some security, right? And yeah, this is, I mean, again, I don't know what, the, that's, that's why I asked you, what do you thought about the situation? Yeah, I'm not going to, like, I saw bits and pieces. I think it was like with Emily Proud and then the, um, we had correct the, coach. coach. Yeah, coach. Yeah, coach. Yeah, I was going to call him coach, but I didn't know. And, but like, and it, we're colleagues, so I'm not going to question whatever, but I, like, I just know that, I mean, if you, if you as a, if you as a player went to the team and the coach, you were like, listen, I want, I don't, I don't, I'm going to stop playing this year. Then the oh, response it, that's that's a real thing. It happened, matter of sure. fact, with Mikey Keene and UCF, right? Um, he you know, they they decided to go with John Rice Plumley, which I don't know if hindsight would they go the other way. Um, but you know, JRP got hurt a few games and Mikey Keene had to come in and play, right? And it came down to matter of fact, the conference championship game versus Tulane, and Mikey Keene would have blew his red shirt if he played in that game. So Mikey was like, Yeah, I really don't want to play in this game because I don't want to burn my red shirt. So right. At one one point, I get it, um, especially I, when they're not I, yeah. giving you the job out the out the out the gate. Um, it sucks for the rest of the team, right? Because UCF could have added another conference championship before they went to the Big Twelve. But this, it, this is the so, world we're in in college football right now. Yeah, like I understand it from MJ's perspective in the sense that he's probably not going to be an NFL caliber player. Like he's probably not going to be an NFL quarterback. I mean, maybe, maybe he makes it if some you know, some development happens, but. Like you want to maximize your eligibility and the in the money you can get while you're in college now because right. you can do that versus when you couldn't. So I get that. Um, I also think like it so it worked, bringing MJ in kind of gave the team a spark. Yeah. And then when MJ walked away, Brendan Armstrong, who'd gotten MJ's back when he got benched, jumped in and was like, 
like, all right, let's go. And it sort of galvanized the team well for the again. remainder of the game. So it, yeah. it, kind of, it kind of worked out fine for us. Um, it's, it's a weird situation. Hopefully we can get one of these good quarterbacks in the portal. Uh, we paid Casey Concepcion a bunch of money. That kid's a stud. Um, anyway, we don't make about NCAA football. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about a much more exciting matchup. Oh, God. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> New England Patriots. Watch out. It's a scorcher. Next. <laughs> Spicy Ink Master streaming on Paramount Plus. For those that are listening to the podcast, you wouldn't have seen that on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash NFL and CBS. And by the way, smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Um, you guys have you guys have tats? I got one. Yeah. That's pretty it's um, pretty rare when you got a, a a three-man three-man show. We have one tattoo combined <laughs> these days. I don't know. Um, so you don't have one you don't know know about, Will. <laughs> I, I actually he's already he's like the type that goes out on a long night and then wakes up with like a hangover uh, tattoo. Yeah, yeah, like hangover. Movie. I was actually thinking as I was saying only one tattoo. I was like, I don't have a tattoo, right? I was like, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, think yeah. about it. I, I'm I'm scared of needles, and um, I was reading. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you know what? I'm 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 sort of. I was reading uh, Tony Kornheiser's 1994 piece about. Uh, being uh, being scared of, of flying, um, he's like I'm not so he's like I'm not so much scared of flying as I am. He's like scared that when we're in midair, the airplane is going to break apart and explode into like a thousands of fiery pieces, and I'll die in midair. It's like that's really my fear. And I was like that's how I feel about flying too. Like I don't mind flying. I just mm. like start thinking about the yeah, that's that's anyway fear of needles too. Just don't. My dad always told me don't get don't get don't get a woman's name tattooed on your butt you'll, you'll regret it when you're old i was like that's weird dad why are you telling me that wow. yeah so who knows what bob's got tattooed on his butt anyway <laughs> thursday night football oh, man. i don't know like i'm just glad this game's not on cbs so i don't have to sell it because this is <laughs> this is the worst this is the worst game of the year and it's it's just it's it's not even close it's so bad it might be good it's the it's the patriots at the steelers as of right now the Steelers are six-point favorites despite losing Kenny Pickett for the game and Mitchell Trubisky starting. That's crazy. The total in this game is 30, and I Ooh. dare you. I dare you to talk me into the over because you can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm I think, sure I think all three of us. Yeah. Go ahead, Brady. No, I'm, saying, I'm surely not going to talk anyone into the over yeah. in this one. I think you'd have to be insane or feel like you're living on the edge. The Patriots? I think if, I think if you want to hedge your bet, play the under in this game. That's the only thing that's probably guaranteed in this game. The Patriots, <laughs> the Patriots allowed six points last week and couldn't well, cover five and a half points. That's hard to do guys. Well, you know, what's worse. They've only given up 26 points in the last three games in totality and they've lost all three. <laughs> I'm curious. We've talked a little bit about this, but like, what do you, do you got? I mean, Belichick's not back next year, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of hard. They're, they're going to be in position to take a quarterback, which clearly feels like the direction they're going. Yeah. Um, do you trust Bill Belichick to make that pick, mm. though, given that he made the selection of, of Mac Jones? Um, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I, I don't know. I mean, if you actually think about some of the other quarterbacks that they have taken, it's kind of worked out, right? Like Jimmy G was <laughs> like around, third rounders. Yeah. <laughs> like Castle. Other, yeah, Castle was great. He went to a Pro yeah. Bowl. Kobe Brissett's uh, been a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, Kobe's been been good. Uh, you look at uh, Brian Horry's played for a long time. Like yeah. some of the guys they have drafted have worked out. It's just you know Mac Jones, unfortunately, has been dealt after his rookie year uh, adverse situations. I mean, yeah. with Matt Patricia calling plays and now a, a roster devoid of much much help. But 
this is one where like, okay, you lay the points with the Steelers because you can bank on a few things. Last five games, they've been running the crap out of the football. Mm-hmm. And so even though you got Mitchell Trubisky, that might concern you, that's a plus. You know, it's no longer Matt Canada, where I'd say there's a distinct schematic advantage that Belichick's team is going to have over Matt Canada. It's Kevin Sullivan. This offense has been much more productive the past couple of weeks, at least when Pickett was in there and there are attempts to go yeah, more down. <laughs> so that's a plus. Um, I think between the two teams, look, the Patriots defense has been really good. Yeah. Also playing against some bad offenses. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to tell. I think the Steelers yeah. defense is still a little better maybe, or at least. Yeah. I mean, they're still only giving up 16 a game. Right. Um, so I, I think it's maybe a wash than, you, than you'd say in that respect. Yeah. Uh, but so to me, I think there's still an edge for the Steelers in this spot uh, to find a way of covering this number, even with Mitchell Trubisky. And I think he's going to have to use his legs a little bit too to help him out. But uh, that's how I see this one playing out. There's just there's not a lot of hope of thinking that the Patriots all of a sudden, without Ramondre Stevenson, mind you, at running exactly. back, will be able to take care of business. The uh, yeah. by the way, this is this is I think this is fascinating. So like normally, if you go to a single game and you can click through and you do first touchdown score, right? You have, you know, uh, the way, 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 way down at the bottom is usually at like a hundred to one or 150 to one is no touchdown scored. Like, because it's pretty rare to watch an NFL game and get no touchdowns. What do that you might think happen this game? The market is, what do you think the odds are for no touchdown scored in this game? And I'll I would say plus 475. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it's you're not far off. Fifteen to one. Wow, that is the, that's the lowest non no touchdown score number I've ever seen. Uh, Jalen Warren pl- uh, plus four fifty first touchdown. Najee Harris five to one. Zeke seven to one. Fryermuth ten to one. Dante Deontay Johnson ten to one. George Pickens eleven to one. And then no touchdown score is the next one. Well, the interesting the interesting thing is Najee Harris didn't practice yesterday, and you know that's mm. something to be said, Brady, because it's a short week and. Like, Especially this time of year, it's all walkthroughs, right? right? Maybe, so, maybe they're just trying to get him rest though in the short week. Maybe, I, I but know. Uh, you know what was also interesting? If you look at their previous two games, right, it was almost 50 50 split carry between him and Jalen Warren. Last week, Najee Harris outpaced him, I think, like 16 to nine, which is baffling because if, when Jalen Warren gets the ball, he's just way more explosive. I believe he's second in the league in yards per carry at almost six yards per carry. So, and even last week, in, only in nine carries, he averaged over six yards a carry. So, like, like what are we doing here? Like, get back to 50-50. Matter of fact, let Jalen Warren outpace Najee Harris. I think if they do that, uh, that would be the only way I'd feel comfortable with taking the, the six points with the Steelers. Again, I think everything yells take the under in this game. <laughs> I'm with Not you. only I, is Ramon J. Stevenson out, Demario uh, Douglas is out for the Patriots. So you're talking about probably their two most explosive weapons, and their offense is already putrid. If their <laughs> offense, their offense is Bailey Zappi, Zeke Elliott, Hunter Henry, and Devontae Parker. And it's Devontae like Parker. it's like a last place fantasy team from 2019. It's I mean, this is a disaster out there. All right. I mean, we don't need to linger on this game, right? You guys, you guys, good. You guys, you guys have more important things to do with your time than talk about this with me. <laughs> but go play golf with and, and and yell at Danny Cannell. Do some dabs around the house, you know. Whatever it is. <laughs> All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Pick show on Thursday, of course, with our best bets. Katie Mox heating up. I think she swept the board last week. R.J. White on fire as hey, well. Mox. So make sure to tune into that. For dudes, for Brady, I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys later.